So good afternoon, everybody. What I'm going to do today is talk about two different sort of spiritual struggles that I often see people, good, generally devout people, face. And try to look at today's gospel to offer a possible remedy or solution. On the one hand, I see a fair amount of people struggling with the issue of jealousy or envy, depending on how you want to define it, by looking at themselves and then looking at other people and seeing what they don't have and becoming jealous of the other individual. It could be material possessions, it could be a talent, it could be a spiritual good. Through that comparison, they realize what they do not have and become jealous of the other individual, often leading to gossip, backbiting, and things of that sort. On the other side, see a fair amount of people struggling with what we might call spiritual apathy, but instead I'd probably say it's taking the faith for granted. Individuals who maybe raised in the Catholic faith got in the habit of going to Mass and praying, not involved in any kind of really horrible sin, but their faith is not alive, and in a certain sense, they are taking it for granted. Taking for granted the gifts the Lord has given to them. Taking for granted their life itself. These are, in a certain sense, two separate extremes. The jealousy and the taking our faith for granted. But I believe that the remedy for both is essentially the same. And it's what we see in today's gospel. It's a theme of today's gospel a theme of thanksgiving, of giving gratitude for what we have. Now, how does it become a remedy for both of them? Well, in the first case, whenever I have someone come to me and say they're struggling with jealousy or comparison, I always say the remedy for that is being thankful for what you have, being grateful for what you have. If I see somebody else who has a really nice Mercedes-Benz, I'm not going to be jealous, even if I'm driving a Honda CRV or whatever, if I'm happy with my car. But if I'm not happy with what I have, if I'm not thankful and content with what I have, then yeah, I'm going to be jealous and compare. And so the more that we can be thankful for what we have, to show that gratitude, we're going to less likely be focused on what others have or what we perceive that we do not have. And so to be thankful for the gifts that have been given to us, thankful for what we have is the remedy always for jealousy. Now the other part, it's pretty obvious to see how it can be the remedy for those who are tempted to take their faith and take their life for granted. If we're really focused on being thankful for what we've been given, we're not going to take anything for granted. We are going to recognize that everything we have is a gift and that gratitude on a daily basis will make us more willing to and able to live the vibrancy of the faith. And so whether we're suffering from either extreme, it's going to be cultivating this attitude of thankfulness that changes everything. It's what we see today. The Lord gave all ten lepers a healing, but only one came back to say thank you to Jesus. Recognize the gift that was given and come back and render that gratitude to the Lord. 
And so it's easy to say, yeah, we need to have an attitude of gratitude. How practically can we do this? Not just today, because I'm preaching on it, but to really begin to have that attitude every day being more grateful. Because the truth is, it's not just the remedy for the two things I talked about, but we can look at the lives of a lot of the saints, and particularly the teaching of Mother Teresa. She says the key to real happiness is thankfulness, is gratitude for what we have been given. And so I want to propose three very concrete ways that we can build up this habit of being more thankful. And I, to my best extent, try to do it in my own life, and I can tell you they do produce results. The first is this. Very, very simple. It could be at the end of your day, or if you prefer, at the beginning of your day, it takes some time to make a list of things that day you're thankful for. Specifically, ideal, or at least ideally, things that you believe you were given personally. I'm very thankful for the weather that we have this weekend, but he, the Lord gave that to everybody. But we believe the Lord loves us personally. So if we can think of two, three, four things that we're thankful of that we've received personally, that the Lord has given to us. If you like to journal, a lot of the ladies like to journal, you could tag those on at little bullet points at the bottom. Guys, we're not so much into journaling necessarily, but you can still put it down somewhere. The act of writing it down is not only important because it forces us to build a habit, but in the days in the future, whenever things seem dark, when we're wondering where God is, we can go back to those, those journal entries and say, oh yeah, I remember when the Lord did this for me. I remember when this grace was received in my life. And it can bring back sort of a fire of the Spirit. And so it's that cultivating thankfulness every single day, often by writing it down. The second is one that should be pretty obvious. That if we are thankful for what someone has done for us, we are going to be more likely to give something back to them. Whenever you've received a gift, quite often we send a thank you note. Some way to say, I really appreciate it. Or if someone's done you a really, really big favor, you may bring some food to them. You may give them a gift card. You want to make a sacrifice of yourself to show them how thankful you are for what they've done. And so that gets to the point of one of the real motivators of our giving back to the Lord should be our gratitude for what he's done for us. Because it changes giving from an obligation to a joy. Now, I don't make a lot of money, but I give to a fair amount of different uh, organizations. And I've even put a number of them in my will. And those organizations are ones that I'm thankful for, for what they've given to me. I put wisdom in my will, and I give every week. I've also put my seminary, the North American College, I give to them. Why? Because I'm so thankful for the formation that that seminary in my time in Rome gave to me. So when I give, it's a joy. In particular, and this may sound crazy, I'm really excited for when I die that if I have enough money, I'm going to be able to give back to these organizations. It produces joy in me because I'm thankful for it. And so, again, I'll give a very 
wonderful opportunity that we have to be able to give back to our parish or to the ministry. We talk about it all the time. We could not do what we do here at Wisdom without the generosity of parishioners and of benefactors. So I'll make the plug. We begin our annual fall ministry partner campaign today, encouraging people to give online to support the ministry here and thankfulness for what they have received, thankfulness what we give. And I'm going to show you very clearly why this is important. Because of the stuff that's going on across the street, we're going to take a hit this week in the collections that help to sustain the ministry. But the more people who give online are committed, well, then it sort of makes up for that. This weekend, the retreat, we had about 100 of our students. I challenged them. I said, I want to challenge you students, if you're thankful for what you've been given to this ministry, to give back. And I also said, if you give $15 a month and commit to that, there's a chance I'm going to give you a, a design, a t-shirt that I've designed myself, or potentially a pair of socks with my face on it. I haven't decided that yet. <laughs> haven't decided that yet. Anybody else want to find out how they get a pair of socks with my face on it, then we'll think about that also. <laughs> Got to incentivize sometimes, but it's giving back for what we have received. The third and finally, and it is the most important and the best way to give back, is through the Eucharist. It's coming to Mass and thanking God for all that we've received because the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. We don't come just to receive and get something. We want to get something, we have to come and bring something. And the best thing we can bring are our own prayers of thanksgiving, thanking the Lord for what he's done for us this week. The most perfect way that we can give thanks is coming to Sunday Mass, even coming to weekday Mass and thanking the Lord for graces. All three of these things, the daily journaling of what we're grateful for, the weekly giving back to the institutions and the church that's been so generous to us, and in coming to consistently daily or weekly Mass, wonderful ways to cultivate that attitude of thanksgiving that indeed can remedy a lot of problems in our lives, but also bring about a spiritual renewal. Now, very briefly, I want to add one addendum. Today, many of you may know, in Rome, John Henry Cardinal Newman was canonized and made a saint. We have a bust of him right here. We call ourselves now the Raging Cajun Catholics. For many years, it was called the Newman Club, named after him. He was, in the 19th century, a priest, a prelate of the Anglican Church in England. Very, very intelligent. He would write a lot of different tracts, give these beautiful sermons. Very intelligent, very eloquent, and very holy. But who converted and not only came into the church, but became a cardinal and was influential in the first Vatican Council. And so if you've ever read anything or know anything about Newman or his life, he's a very quotable individual. And one of my favorite quotes from John Henry Newman is this. It's one I talked about earlier in the week. He says, if you want to love the bark, the bark as in the ship of Peter, the church, then you shouldn't look into the engine room. Maybe I'm not getting that exactly correct. What he is saying 
is that the engine room where the leaders of the church are, the bishops, the priests, and even the pope, if you look into that, you're going to see that a lot of times there's a lot of sin, and these individuals are not perfect at all and can make some pretty big mistakes. And I say that because Newman understood this. He understood it better than a lot of people and still wanted to come into the church. But Newman also was a great proponent, certainly since before his time, for the laity. And the role of the laity in the church, to be educated, to know the faith, and to be able to speak up. And so I think this is something that we can learn here from Newman, along with a lot of other things, is that indeed the church is not perfect and that we have some leaders that often make big mistakes or can even cause some criminal activity. They are not above reproach, but yet we as the laity have got to have an important voice to call each other to conversion, and sometimes even call our leaders to conversion. But, as I said last week, to be able to work in harmony with them so that the bark of Peter can continue to journey towards its ultimate goal. So I really want to encourage you to learn more about the life and the teachings of John Henry Cardinal Newman. Uh, so that we can be more appreciative of the great gift he is for our church and also to continue to ask him to intercede for us here at Our Lady of Wisdom and Newman Centers throughout the nation. Amen.